This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. We have a jam-packed show, so quit talking, Zach Heiser, and let's get into it. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR, New Hampshire, Cup Series, Chase Bell, Chase Bell. How about Christopher Bell holding off Chase Elliott, getting around him late in the race, and picking up the win. Is he locked into the chase? Uh, We don't really know that yet. Six races to go. Only three spots remain. Uh, Could we have a situation where you win and you're not in? We'll keep an eye on it. Xfinity Series, by the way, Justin Allgaier hangs on after a uh, crazy day on Saturday to pick up the win with Xfinity. How about Tony Stewart? He captured his second win of the 2022 SRX season Saturday night in front of a full house at I-55 Raceway in Peebley, Missouri. And then how about from the same household? Leah Pruitt. By the way, that's Tony Stewart's wife, if you didn't know. Picked up her first ever NHRA top fuel win in the Mile High Nationals yesterday at Thunder Mountain in Colorado. And finally, uh, in the Motor City Minute, sad news that we uh, learned more about as the weekend developed. Bobby East, a three-time USAC national champion who raced in NASCAR's truck and Xfinity series for several years in the late 2000s, died Wednesday afternoon after being stabbed at a gas station in the Los Angeles area. According to reports, he was filling up his vehicle around 5.45 local time when he had uh, words with a homeless man known to frequent the area. The man then stabbed East in the chest. Officers were sent to the gas station. East was rushed to a local hospital where he was pronounced deceased. East was just 37 years old, the son of USAC Hall of Famer car builder Bob East. Those things and so much more happening tonight in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Now would be a good time to just tell everybody, get a couple cans of Coke, go yeah. a couple of your favorite beverage, uh, all your snacks right now because we got zero prayer that this is going to be an hour show. <laughs> this one is jam-packed. we got three great interviews lined up tonight. We've got... Uh, Chad Bauer coming up. We've got Phil Bozell at the uh, end of the show. And right in the middle, Andrew Scheid after his first career win in late model racing and the first one in a long time. Uh, so it is a jam-packed show. And, oh, yeah, by the by the way, Rich, we have other things to talk about that happened over the weekend as well. Yeah, Zach, uh, I caught this last night, so I've been paying attention. It, uh, the Badger State has been very good to Mike Marler in 2022 after scoring a Wisconsin victory back in May at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Uh, the Winfield, Tennessee driver backed it up with another Wisconsin victory on Sunday at Red Cedar Speedway with the World of Outlaws Case Construction Equipment Late Model Series. Marler, who started on the pole, uh, lost the lead to Ricky Weiss in the first few laps before he found the cushion on lap number five. Uh, that's when he blasted past Weiss on the outside of turn two and held on to earn his second series win of 2022 and 10th overall. Marler led 35 laps en route to the $10,000 rumble at the Red Cedar payday. Weiss crossed the line second. Series points leader Dennis Erb Jr. finished third, his second podium finish of the weekend. The Carpentersville, Illinois driver extended his points lead to 170 points over Max Blair, who had finished sixth. Next up, the World of Outlaws Case Late Models traveled to Boone Speedway in Boone, Iowa for the Hawkeye 50 one week from today on Monday, July 25th with a $20,000 payday on the line. Rich, I got a question for you. What would you consider a dominating performance at Anderson Speedway? Um, leading over 300 laps. 
if uh, somebody led 379 of the 400 scheduled laps for the Redbud 400, would that count? Would that work for your textbook? Um, yes, I would think. Um, I would think <laughs> Mr. Smith would have been awfully bored all day. <laughs> oh, he did just that. Sammy Smith, 379 rotations out of the 400 held on Saturday were scored to that number 22 machine. He dominated the 56th annual Greg Hubler Automotive Group Redbud 400, presented by Mitch Smith Automotive Imperfecto. Um, he crossed one off the old bucket list. He got the win over uh, 15-year-old teammate William Sowelich by 2.851 seconds. It was a closer race than that, but hats off to Sowelich. He crossed the stripe, Rich, with a destroyed right front tire. Uh, he was the second driver, Smith, by the way, to win from Iowa in the Redbud 400, joining inaugural race winner Iggy Katona. Here's the thing, the Wilson Motorsports teammates, check this out, Rich France. They led 392 of the 400 laps on Saturday. Donnie Wilson Motorsports. Holy smokes. Um, Donnie, what, Donnie was a happy guy on Saturday. I'm telling you what, how do you not be happy with a performance like that? The uh, 2021 Redbud 400, by the way, winner, Kyle Crump, he finished in third. And uh, so a nice run for all of those guys. What a race it was, by the way, uh, Rich. Uh, Sowelich, first-timer ever in the Redbud 400. Sammy Smith, just his third Redbud 400 start. He gets the win in dominating fashion. And uh, it actually, you know, there was quite a bit of attrition, but it was a lot of mechanical attrition. This is a pretty clean race compared to what we saw last year. And uh, uh, happy for Sammy Smith. Nice, nicely done. You know, it doesn't surprise me when if Sammy Smith wins a race anymore, right? Because he's just, his racing career is moving along nicely. Winchester 400 last year. Um you know, winning races, he's, he's pretty much dominating the ARCA East when he runs that stuff. He got his first ARCA Menard Series win this year. Uh, Sammy Smith's career is definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, Rich. And, uh, you know, by the way, uh, Sowelich, he had to be treated for some heat issues. It was really hot Saturday. Uh, he he kind of reminded me of Ricky Rudd after winning Martinsville. He was laying on the racetrack getting medical attention afterward. Uh, and uh, Kyle Crump looked beat. All those guys just it looked absolutely whipped. Logan Bearden uh, back there was beat. Steven Nassie was beat. Everybody was just whipped. Uh, Sammy Smith, he didn't look too bad, but <laughs> he was on cruise control all afternoon and just picked up uh, the Redbud 400. So uh, uh, what a race. What a job by CRA and Anderson Speedway. And it was pretty cool. They had an ASA reunion to start things, so it was pretty cool to see uh, all the ASA guys. Gary St. Amat was there. Uh, Scott Hazen was there. It was, it was really a, a fun afternoon. Awesome. Well, you know, it was, it was also pretty hot last week, Zach, uh, on the Hell Tour, they completed week number five of the Summer Nationals Hell Tour. Uh, last Wednesday, the tour made a stop at Montpelier Motor Speedway. And after a long, with a bunch of O's, night at Montpelier uh, due to having to fight Mother Nature, Bobby Pierce would go to victory lane in the late model action with Nick Hoffman taking the win in the modifieds. Yawn, yawn. Uh, then it was down <laughs> to Shady, Shady Hill Speedway on Thursday with Pierce once again finding himself in victory lane. But, Zach, it was Mike McKinney picking up the win, battling Nick Hoffman and beating Nick Hoffman with a solid performance and stealing a win away, win away from him in modified action. And then on Saturday, it was on to Oakshade Raceway for the tour and the annual birthday race. And it was Dresden, Ohio's Devin Moran taking the win in the late model action in an event his father had previously won. And Ben Rich in the Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals, a first-time Hell Tour winner, was crowned Saturday at Oakshade. He closed the deal and, of course, made all of us back home proud. On the phone lines with us now, your winner Saturday from Oakshade in the UMP Modifieds, Chad Bauer. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Man, uh, what a big, what a big, and what a popular win on Saturday. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of it first, but. Uh, Summit Nationals held tour visits Oakshade, a racetrack that you don't get a chance to run modifieds on very often, uh, maybe once or twice a year, and you go down there and and get it done. Uh, man, nicely done! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we had a we had a really good night there for sure. Tell me, uh, take me through the night a little bit. Uh, you know, th this is a racetrack you don't get a chance to see very often. Um, kind of a kind of a can be a one lane. You know, little three-eighths mile uh, dirt track that, that can be tough to pass on. But, you know, you went up against some of the nation's best and got it done. Talk me through your night. 
Yeah, um, we started started out pretty good. I think we were second second in our group qualifying and uh, started second in the heat race and ended up getting the win there and uh, drew the two, started second in the feature. Um, and the car was the car was good. Uh, the, the, the track was uh, a little rough, pretty rough, um, and which made it difficult to, you know, get a handle on the race car. It was more, you know, just how you could make it through the bumps and, and you know, get through the turns and stuff. Let's talk about this race. Uh, you come, as you said, from outside of row number one, and uh, you're kind of holding on. Uh, and, of course, <clears throat> when we talk about late model racing, we talk about Rusty Schlenk and his knowledge of that racetrack. But, man, you had a guy on your heels who definitely knows how to run around those parts and knows how to run dirt car modifieds. Brian Rollman came from ninth and was really wearing you out toward the end of the race. Yeah, he was for sure. We we had a ton of cautions, and, uh, you know, I, I'd hear his number every time, you know, so I knew he was right there. And I know, I mean, it's pretty much his home track, and he's, you know, one of the best there for sure. So didn't really know, you know, what was going to happen. Um, but he, he did get under me a couple times, got by me, and we slid each other back and forth a couple times, and uh, I ended up hanging on to it. Chad, talk to me about this racetrack. I, I... – I, I heard that you know for the heat for the heat race up until that point it was probably um, probably not one of the best. I've been there a couple of times and you just don't know what you're going to get there. Um, did it have anything to do with the rain that we got and they just didn't have you know any time to to get that thing into the shape they wanted to um, and it just started rutting up real early. And then it, did they make it a whole lot better for the feature for you? Yeah, they. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, we weren't around there till obviously uh, Saturday afternoon. I don't know how much rain they got for sure, but uh, that that's what I was told. You know, was the rain the rain kind of messed them up a little bit, and it was really it was really bad early. Um, they ended up bringing in a grader from I don't know five or ten miles down the road. A guy come down and and helped out, which really it made it a lot better for you know for the late model feature for sure. At least for the you know half to three quarters of their feature um it made it a lot better i mean they did the best best they could do with the time allowed you know to, to do something to be able to keep racing you know um but once we got to our feature it was it was pretty it was pretty rough right from the get-go how tough is it on you when it's at a track that you really don't spend a lot of time at you know you you know it's no secret you spend you know most of your time you know merit and tri-city up in that area and but you know, so if, if you miss, you know, if you miss something there, it, you know, it doesn't take you very long to kind of grasp onto things. How difficult was that for you? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was just, you couldn't really hold a straight line very well, you know, cause when you'd hit the ruts and the car would kind of jump over, you know, which probably is what the cause of most of the cautions was from, you know, it was just, it was hard to hang on to the cars and, and keep them straight and, and going where you wanted to go. Um, because you'd go in the corner and the nose would dig in and either, you know, throw the front end one way or the other. Um, but I got a little bit of help from Rusty on how to get around there a little bit too. And we ran pretty decent there last year for the Hell Tour too. I think they finished third last year in the Hell Tour there. Um, but I've only been there. I think that was just my third time there. So a uh, potential big week coming up this week. You go down to Oakshade on Saturday and now Thunderbird, Butler, tri-city merit for uh wednesday through saturday uh you're gonna make the michigan swing yeah yep uh, we're actually working on stuff right now get, getting around and uh gonna give them all a shot if we can well let's talk about some of these racetracks uh let's start with thunderbird really a, a fun little <clears throat> fun little bull ring and uh one of my favorite racetracks to go watch racing on and this is a track that we don't get to see ump modifieds on a lot just like oakshade uh not not a track that we see your division on too much but they do run b mods or or uh, imc modifieds there quite often so give us a little preview give me a taste of uh, what your perspective is of thunderbird yeah, uh, again, I haven't been there a ton of times either because obviously we don't run there much, you know. Um, been there for the health tour stuff and a couple other things over over the years, but I don't mind it. It's not not one of my favorite, or I, not that the track's not my favorite. I just don't 
do as well there a lot of the times for some reason i, I don't know why but um but yeah it's a it's a the surface the track tracks a good track chad uh it's no secret that um you know and you brought up rusty you know you, you got that domination race cars <laughs> chassis which you know i think everybody knows there's not a lot of them around when you got these guys running um on the tour running lethals and razors and what you know black diamonds um how how good does that make you feel when you guys put together a race car like that where there's not a lot of them out there and you can still go and beat them? Really good, really good. Um, I mean, Cody and Rusty started getting pretty close, and then Rusty was here all the time, and then we started getting pretty close, and he wanted to build a modified, you know, and I was about about run my time in on the one that I had. So, you know, we just decided to, to go ahead and give it a try, and – I feel like we've been pretty decent, you know, everywhere we went, um, you know, being a pretty good car for, for being the first one. And he's got one other one out there in Missouri. So there's only really two of us, I think total. And, uh, just like to go down there at Oakshade and win. Cause that's, you know, that's his home, home turf there too. So it was pretty cool. Cause he's got a lot of, a lot of people there for him. And, uh, no, it was no neat. To, on, no, no pressure on you for that one. Right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was cool, though, because, I mean, there's just a lot of people there, uh, you know, with him and his family and everybody into winning one of his cars there and win a summer nationals race. You know, it's a pretty big deal. You know, you talk about home turf. Uh, you know, uh, we were kind of trying to go through this next week here uh, before Rich jumped in, but Butler obviously is a is a place where Rusty got his start, and they run, uh, you know, UMP Modifieds on a weekly basis. So, but as Rich mentioned, not somewhere that you frequent very often. So, do you have anything in the notebook for for Butler on Thursday? I do actually, because we ran we ran down there uh, last year for this stuff as well, and I think I was down there one other time after that. I seem to remember good, uh, you didn't do, do do too bad if I remember correctly. No, I think we got a. Second and a third down there, oh, and that was the first time that that I'd been there, and everybody was kind of complaining about it, and you know, or doesn't really like to go there, but it, the track seemed to be pretty good, and I think you know, um, Tim's taking it over now and uh, doing a pretty good job with it down there, from what I hear. Chad, I, I asked Dona this when he won his um, Hell Tour race up at Tri City, and I'm going to ask you the same question. You know, you guys, no secret, you guys won all of one or a lot of races. But um, why do, inside, why does this mean so much more to you? What's the difference? Uh, I guess just more because it's more, you know, more nationwide, more of a, you know, more of a big deal with, you know, with how they do it and, and going through the whole month and, and, you know, the caliber of racers that come and all that stuff. So Friday and Saturday, uh, again, trying to continue to work through the week. Uh, Friday, Tri-City, Merritt Speedway on Saturday. Uh, kind of uh, kind of like being a, I mean, it's almost like a home home game for you, really, and a couple of racetracks that you have a, a pretty solid notebook on. You just mentioned, though, you're running against some of the best in the nation. None of these are give me. What, what do you have to do to make sure you're good on your own home turf? Uh, just try to keep you know try to keep your car in good shape it's a, you know it's been a lot of racing we went out you know we went to montpelier had a little trouble there we ran it shady did decent there we all we went down to fairbury a couple of weeks ago too um you know basically just trying to keep everything together and, and try to stay out of trouble do the best you can what is it about these modifieds that that draws you chad because uh you know it doesn't seem like you want to you're overly interested in at your age of uh, making a jump into late models or anything like that? No, I, I run a late model back in 07 and 08, I think, uh, with Rich Robinson when we decided that he wanted to build one and we did that and tried it out for a little bit. And honestly, I just, I, I just kind of, I like the modifieds better, you know, I don't know why I just, just do. And now getting up there now, I don't really think I'm going to make the switch over to that. Plus, Cody and I don't usually race very well together. <laughs> what is there? Uh, is there evidence <laughs> that points toward that uh, for those maybe who don't know your history? Is there what I say? Is there uh, a story or evidence that points and supports that? Because uh, there may be some people who don't know that. 
Oh, there's a few things here and there. We bump heads before on the racetrack, and, but not a big deal. So being really. being dad doesn't have ultimate uh, supremacy? No, no, uh-uh. <laughs> no. Uh, talk about no. that, too, uh, but but I do want to have you talk about that. Watching um, Cody, and every time we start talking about you guys, I screw it up, so Rich is going to have to keep me in line here. Uh, so <laughs> t- t- watching Cody take this 19 car this uh you know this this dominations race car work with rusty really making a name for himself jumping out of the modifieds getting away from kind of what you were doing and um you know now being successful as a dirt car ump late model driver has that been fun to watch because my understanding is you're pretty hands off of that car it's it's pretty much whatever he wants whatever he needs uh, he's doing it yeah, yep. He's got pretty much his own group of people that help him out, but no, super proud of him. He's 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 a great race car driver, um, you know, and he, he's doing well, you know, with with what we have. You know, it's not like we're you know top of the line budgeted teams, but right. I mean, he does well with everything we got. You know. Now, do you know uh, is he going to be tagging along with you this week? Yeah, he's planning. He's coming. Yep. Cool. Well, and that's got to be fun too. You guys don't race against each other, but you always seem to park near each other, and that's got to be fun to unload and hang out and you know race individually, but also uh, still race together. Oh, for sure. Yep. And a lot of times, a lot of the families there, and all the grandkids, and it's it's a good time. Now, do I get to? Go. Uh, I was just going to ask you. He walked me right into it. I was going to ask him, "How's the grandpa thing going?" I mean, yeah. I know. Uh, I know. Was it a couple of years ago? I remember Chad. We were talking after. You know, you kind of got hurt and couldn't run. And um, is the health back good and, and getting able to spend some time with the grandkids? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're a lot of fun. They just keep making them. Come in every direction. But, but, yeah, they're a lot of they're a lot of fun when they're grandkids because you just visit. <laughs> Get them all hopped up and send them home, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Chad, what else is on uh, the calendar for you this year? Uh, you know, so far, you, you know, you've been kind of bouncing around, like you said, kind of running wherever you feel like it. Do you, do you have a set plan? Are you just racing for fun? I mean, what's going on with you? Yeah, not really. I mean, we're going to finish, you know, this health tour stuff out here and, uh, you know, probably just finish up our season at Merritt. Um, I've been down to Hartford a few times. We've been running down there. It's just kind of hard to get there on a Friday. Yeah three hours to get there i like going there and the, the people are nice there and the owners are really decent to everybody um so i do like going there and then afterwards i don't i'm not real sure i mean we might just go do something here and there and you know whatever we decide to do don't really have a major plan chad not that you're old but you've been doing this a while anything left on the bucket list um really before you before you hang up the helmet and say you know i'd really like one of these because i think you knocked this one off i think that was one that you probably wanted yeah for sure um i don't know i gotta win at eldora that's definitely cool bend of the dome um bend of volusia then to charlotte I don't know. We pretty much went everywhere, so I don't really know if there is one thing left, really. Well, and you're having a great season, too. you got five feature wins here uh, recorded on the My Race Pass app between Merritt Speedway and, uh, of course, Oakshade Raceway. And, and uh, you know, that that's where you're running. you got a Hartford Speedway win as well. And then, man, we're talking top fives and, and second-place finishes. This has been a really solid year for you this year. Uh, when you talk about going out racing and having fun, it doesn't get any more fun than winning. No, for sure, for sure. I kind of wish maybe we should have went into it a little stronger this year and, and dove around to more places to try to do something with the points. But it's it's hard with work to, to just yeah. take off, you know, for days. It's tough to do. Well, Chad, uh, it, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to watch you run and, and catch up with you in the pits. Congratulations, son. Uh, sounds like knocking off one of the final bucket list things and you got four more of them lined up this week so good luck and add to the resume man well thanks i appreciate it you know one thing i got to make sure we do before we let you go is we always try to give a opportunity for you to talk about who's on the side of those race cars and i I don't want to jip you of that chance so uh let me know who it was who it is that made it possible for you to go to victory lane on saturday yeah um 
I mean, big thing on domination race cars, Dusty, Rusty, and all the guys down there. Um, I mean, they help tremendously, and he, you know, he's a big supporter. So all them guys for for sure. Um, yeah, Otto's Retreat, uh, Pro Grade Concrete, uh, Tommy Bauer Excavating, Racer Speed Shop, Forbes Construction, Schaefer's Racing Oils, Auto Solutions, uh, Bedrock and Keystone Equipment uh, out of Alpena, Bushies and Sons Excavating out of our hometown here, my son Cody and Bauer Construction, uh, Mid-State Asbestos, and my guys... Little Mike, Darren, my wife Cammy, daughter Cody, everybody, everybody that supports uh, supports what we're doing. Blue Wrench uh, Repair as well. They got them all. I don't, I don't know. You tell me. You read, keep reading off that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a well, Willie, Willie's carburetors and and Mullins race engines. Oh, and the guy that makes my car look good, Sweet Graphics, John Taylor, does a great job on on all our lettering stuff every year, for sure. Well, man, I'll tell you, I I, I think um, I, I don't think Zach will have a problem with this. As, as between me and Zach, as you know, as long as we've known you, going back to the ethanol tour, congratulations, man. Uh, it's always cool to see somebody that we've known a while come up with a big win, and, and then you did it at Oak Shade on Saturday. Nice job. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, Chad Bauer, look for him throughout the week uh, right here in the state of Michigan with Wednesday at Thunderbird, Thursday, Butler Motor Speedway, and then Friday and Saturday, Tri-City and Merritt Speedways to close out the week. Chad, congratulations. Good luck. Thank you. All right, let's take a look at some other things happening uh, that happened around the state over the weekend. How about our buddy Chad Finley? He found victory lane for the fifth time in the 2022 season. He took on the uh, UMP late models at Merritt Speedway, went to victory lane. And how about Derek Hilliker? He picked up the late model win at Crystal on Saturday. Butler Motor Speedway, my friend, the Silver Fox, the old dude, went back to victory lane, adding to his win total at Butler in the modifieds. And how about Jet Man? First career win in the sprint cars. Of course, Jet, the uh, son of Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer, Brett Mann, going uh, to victory lane along with him uh, down at victory. It's a cool picture. you got to look for it. So nicely done to uh, to Jet and his crew. And, Zach, at the Berlin Raceway, Evan Schotko picked up the win in, the, in feature number one for the super late models on Saturday. And, uh, Zach, we've been watching this young man get better and better the last couple of years. Andrew Scheid picked up his first ever super late model win in feature number two on Saturday. And just happens that on the phone lines right now, it's got to be a great feeling this Monday evening. Andrew Scheid, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Thank you guys very much. Yes, it feels uh, feels great to get the monkey off my back. Yeah, tell me about that. Talk talk to me about it because, um, you know, we, we, we've talked here and there, and, and it's not that you've had, you know, everybody knows, you know, you have the equipment to do this on a nightly basis. But it just took you a while. That's you know, getting going from where you came from to a super late model, um, it just naturally takes some time. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look back at our stats from last season, traveling with the CRA, um, our stats mean nothing. I mean, we had so many DNFs. Um, I think we only finished half the races. We had an incredibly fast race car every race. You know, Johnny Van Dorn, uh, Van Dorn Racing Development, they – set the car up beautifully uh johnny at the track was giving me you know a perfect piece a rocket ship and we were out front you know every week um just never executed we got wrecked or i did something stupid and took myself out um you know just never executed so it's not that we haven't had the speed uh it's just we haven't had the luck but everything kind of came together this saturday so do you think if it was the way it was going to happen, you preferred it to happen the way it did where, um, you know, it's not like you started on the tail and had to run through the whole field. Uh, did that make it a little bit easier on you? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, it was, uh, I went hard for the first 10 laps and then kind of just hit cruise control and just, uh, you know, my dad's my spotter. So he was up in the spotter stand telling me my gaps between uh, me and the guy behind me. And I was just, just cruising you know we had we had more in the car if i needed to go but uh you know just hit cruise control and 
brought her home to the checker. If you look at uh, Andrew Scheid's profile on the third turn, you're going to see uh, three things from the pavement world and then a whole mess of stuff from the dirt world. And then we're going to go back to some pavement stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about it is, Andrew, for those who don't know, maybe this is their introduction to you. This was a transition for you a couple, uh, three years ago to step out of a pavement or to step out of a dirt sprint car and decide to go pavement late model racing, template late model racing. And uh, with your car owner, Mike Blackmer, and your dad, uh, Jason, and, and everybody that's behind you with the, the Van Dorns, this has been, I mean, as you mentioned, a long time coming. Take me through those emotions. And, Andrew, I think it all, this is how it was for me. When you come off turn four and you see the white flag waving, that's the worst lap as a driver to try to make and complete because you are overthinking everything you do. Uh, but kind of take me through that final lap when you realized this this is going to happen. Um, Man, I mean, like you said, you do overthink every little thing. Like I'm like, okay, I need to lift right now. You know, I'm, I need to turn this much. Like you just – everything is going through your head at a million miles an hour. And with it being my first win and what, I mean – four years, five years, um, you know, it just, I was overcome with emotions. I was yelling on the radio, you know, I was thanking everybody, telling everyone I love them, you know, like I just, oh, it felt incredible. Um, it's like you said, it's been a long time coming. Um, had a lot of close opportunities, close, uh, close races and just never executed. Um, I came so, so close two weeks ago um during the battle at berlin qualifier um you know with five to go i was underneath nate walton racing him for the lead and uh just gave it too much throttle and spun myself out so that left a bitter taste in my mouth and it kind of stewed me up for two weeks and you know uh that race was just redemption to uh two weeks ago question for you i was gonna i was gonna bring that up you know because i saw the i saw the video of that race and Obviously, yep. you'll be the first one to you'll be the first one to say, "Hey, that was my mistake. That was on me, right?" Oh um, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But does that did that maybe give you a little bit more confidence, saying, "You know what? This isn't that far away. If I just correct myself a little bit, I have the race car. We know we can win." We've had uh, a few different um, scenarios like that, and uh, yeah, no, it was definitely. Um, an eye opener. I mean, I was up front, I was ready to win the race and then just kind of shot myself in the foot there. And, you know, it was kind of an eye opener, you know, it left me, um, pretty stunned, pretty upset. Um, but you won't see me making that mistake again. You know, I learned from it and, uh, next time I'll be a little more patient. Is it hard sometimes to, you know, because in a dirt car, if you just want to go faster, you just mash it for farther for the floor and just steer out of it. Um, and obviously, with a pavement super late model, the way they're set up, um, that is absolutely not the case. What you can do with those things? Oh no! I mean, we're all we're all uh, you know the top five guys are within a tenth per lap. So uh, when you're gaining on somebody quickly, you know you're gaining on them half a tenth a lap. So I mean, when you're digging underneath somebody, you're gaining them by quarter car lap, you know, so it takes a good four or five laps to pass somebody who's comparable in speed to you. You know, you can't just throw that slide job and get it over with and hope that they don't cross you over. It's uh, it's a, you know, you set it up for two laps, you get your good run, uh, you get your nose underneath them or above them, you know, whichever line you're going to choose. And then you ride hard on it for uh five laps trying to get by him and you know it's it's a whole nother story you know it's uh that was part of the learning curve is you know the patience and uh you know the changes in every aspect of it not just the handling of the car but uh you know changing how i drive and how i pass let's talk about the decision to stick to berlin here in 2022 you mentioned last year with champion racing association running for rookie of the year had a chance at it uh going into winchester you mentioned it had some dnfs along the way but man andrew you guys unloaded with speed almost every time you unloaded somewhere except maybe nashville where you had engine problems right out of the box that to me was encouraging but the dnf seemed to be 
overcoming. Um, what was the decision to hunker down, make Berlin the home track, and just focus on becoming competitive and capturing a win there rather than continuing to travel uh, the Midwest and the greater region chasing racing? You know, uh, we've been traveling for like the past five years, um, and it's pretty much my dad and I who run the race team, you know, uh, like all the hours in the shop, you know, we have, we have help from, uh, like Chris McKinley, Brad Hastings and, uh, Ryan Potter, but, um, it's, it's a lot to run a travel series like that. And, uh, my dad works a full-time job. You know, he had to work double shifts last week. He worked a 70 hour week. Like, so it, now it's just me in the shop. You know, how, how are you going to compete against those guys who have hired out crews, um, in those travel series and stuff like that when uh, it's an 18-year-old kid in the shop getting his car ready. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, another part of it is uh, seat time. You know, we want to get lots of seat time, and Berlin provides that. Uh, we're 20 minutes from home. It's just, uh, you know, and they, uh, they actually pay better than the traveling series. So we have less expenses, and they pay better. So. It, it only makes sense. Now, Andrew, we, we, we were able to sit down and talk. Uh, you actually joined me for a race day preview down at the Snowball Derby. Um, talk to me about the trip down there because I think that experience when you showed up, Dan, I, it was probably an eye-opener for you um, because every, every late model that you were going to have to compete with was some of the best in the country. And, and kind of tell me what that did for your, you know, to kind of get you back on track? Um, you know, that was a, that was kind of a last minute decision to head down there. Um, I'm really happy we did. I had a great time. I learned a lot. Um, and I mean, we struggled with qualifying. We didn't really have short run speed, but, uh, you know, then we had to run the last chance and you can't really look at my results from the last chance. Cause I had to, start half a track down and then uh anytime i'd catch the field i'd have to drop back again um it was just you know we went down there for the experience um and mike told me to bring the car home in one piece and just go out there and get laps uh anytime i catch the field just drop back again and catch them again uh so that's what we did you know we had a plan we executed the plan we learned what we needed to learn um and we're prepared if we ever need to go back uh, but if you look at my results, it's going to look like, you know, it was a awful experience, this and that. But if you actually go and dig deeper into it and look at the lap times, um, we were running the same lap times as the winner, Noah Gregson of that feature event when, uh, we were running down the field. So, you know, uh, we probably could have raced our way in if we wanted to, but like I said, we had a plan and we executed. All right. So it's just you, Zach, and I. Nobody else is listening. You can tell me the truth. Um, how did you feel about having to do that every time? When you get to a car, you have to lip. Tell me the truth. Terrible. <laughs> oh, that's, that's but we already, we already knew that. We already knew that. And you know what? Here's the other thing, too. I think Mike Blackmer knew that that was going to be tough for you. But when you look at that, you, you, you understand what the idea was, though. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was actually like it, at one point in the race car, I was like, I was just stewing. I was so upset <laughs> because it was like the fifth time that we had caught the rear end of the field after dropping back half a lap. And I'm like hopping on the radio. I'm like, guys, we can race our way in. I said, I know we qualified like crap, but like we have a race car to race our way through, you know, Noah Gregson started, I think three or four spots ahead of me. And I, I, we had the same long run speed as he did. You know, we could have raced our way through, but uh, we had a plan, and that's the plan we decided to execute. Now, does so it was upsetting, but does uh, uh, does Mister Blackmer wear a headset when he's at one of your races? No, sir. Okay, <laughs> just I was just curious if he could hear you making the pleas and the cries to get a chance to run through the field uh, and get up there and, and stretch your legs a little bit. No, uh, you know I think. My my dad did ask a couple times because I'd tell him to, um, but the answer was the same. 
every time you know we we had a plan and we had to execute so uh andrew we got a car home in one piece well i tell you what uh this car sitting in berlin uh victory lane has got some donut marks on it it's been uh it's been a fun season for you so far it's been competitive uh you you bust through the wall you bust through the the whatever metaphor you want to use you get the monkey off your back you're a feature winner in, in template late model racing, and uh, that is now behind you. Where next? Uh, you know, what, what is the next thing on the list for either, uh, you know, Cadillac Racing, Andrew Scheid, you and your dad? What, what are the goals now moving forward? Uh, get more trophies. Keep winning. Um, you know, I think, I think that we did have the monkey on the back. You know, we had many opportunities we were running up front a lot uh we could just never get it done so i think now that we finally got it out of the way uh they're going to come a little easier so i know we're going to be up front continuously you know week after week um i mean my crew gives me a great car every week van doren racing development sets it up great and it's you know super close straight out of the box you know we just make a minor adjustment and uh it's ready to qualify top three so uh i mean no we're gonna run up front and uh you know our goals and our future outlook is just be up front and win some races okay this is not a team question this is a you question talk to me about the head of that skinny blonde haired kid we all met back uh in the michigan indoor (laughs) racing series days um how big is that in your head to get this done oh man i mean this 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 feels amazing it's been like i said it's been four I, I think four or five years since i've won a feature um last time i won a a main feature event was in the lightning sprints um when i won championship night to win the championship at Merritt speedway in 2016 um yeah so that'd be shoot that'd be six years ago i think a lot of um, people forget that you had a dry spell with uh, the great lake super sprints and, and the big sprint car uh you know you were always competitive you're always up front but uh, you know, unfortunately, we're never able to get it done. I forget. I forget about that. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at my sprint car career, too, I mean, uh, we did everything except for winning A main. Um, we won heat races. We won B mains. We set a track record, um, which it now got rebroke uh, this past year. Um, that was at Hartford Speedway. Uh, you know, we set quick times. Uh, you know, we, we did everything but win an A feature. And, uh, you know, we finished second place multiple times, but just never got it done. So, I don't know. That was, yeah. And and they, and they I remember they brought, they they even brought wings back without a race car sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, uh, I guess the last thing I want to know is uh, we talk about this. Obviously, uh, people who listen to this show know where my heart is. They know where Rich's heart is. But where where are you at? Uh, you just blessed and happy to be able to drive a race car? Are you really finding a love for template late model racing? Uh, do, you know, uh, last thing I heard, you were too tall for the current sprint car you guys had. Uh, I mean, do do we expect to see you back on the dirt anytime at all, or or is this pretty much where you're going to be now? I have no idea what the future holds, but uh, yeah, I know I I feel like I say this. Um, in most of my interviews, but I'm just, I'm happy to be in a race car. If I'm in a racing seat with a steering wheel in front of me and some go fast pedals, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I don't care where I'm running, what I'm running or how I'm doing it. If I'm doing it, I'm happy. That Cadillac West racing team, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about Mike and, uh, you know, what he's done to be able to put you behind the wheel for the majority of your career. But, uh, you know, there are guys, there are other people who make that possible. And uh, I want to have you let us know who it is that got you to victory lane on uh, Saturday. Absolutely. Well, we'll start off with Michael Blackmere. Uh, obviously, he he's the team owner. Uh, he's brought me through um, my entire career since I've been 11 years old in go-karts. So, uh, you know, huge thanks to Mike, huge thanks uh, for everything you do for me um, on and off the track. And then I'd like to thank uh, Cedar Valley, Menzana, Dockside Inn, Lake Cadillac Resort, The Pines, Perfit. Um, just it, none, none of this is possible without my sponsors and without my car owner. So, I mean, just I'm beyond blessed and beyond thankful to, uh, 
have all of these helpful people in my life. Andrew, congratulations. Uh, was really <laughs> – I was down at the Redbud 400 on Saturday, and, Rich, when I saw that, I, I was really happy and excited when I saw Andrew Scheid finally went to victory lane at Berlin Raceway. So uh, really proud of you. Congratulations, Andrew, and, and looking forward to seeing many more out of you. Thank you so much, guys. Continuing the pavement theme here tonight, Mother Nature got in the way Friday at Kalamazoo Clash 30 weekend at Kalamazoo Speedway, but Saturday was beautiful and busy at the Western Michigan Bull Ring. The Rabers Rumble for the street stocks was moved to Saturday. It was Colin Bozell who picked up the win, $2,503 richer in the memorial event for former racer Ben Raber. Template late models, a driver that had issues all day long, Fought through him, Jeff Gannis grabbed the $5,000 paycheck, and then it was time for the Outlaws to take center stage. 20 of them checked in for 125 laps and $12,000 to win. It was Phil Bozell who charged to the front of the field, having to work around old 12 time and capping off a stellar performance to win the Kalamazoo Clash 30. And now it's time to get, yes, our third guest on a Monday night in. $12,000 eventually going to go into the bank account of somebody associated with Phil Bozell after becoming a Kalamazoo Clash winner. Phil, welcome in, man. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Man, uh, you know, watch the highlight reel. Uh, it was otherwise disposed, indisposed on Saturday. Couldn't make it to the Kalamazoo Clash this year, but... Watching this highlight reel, have you ever worked as hard as you did on Saturday night to bring home a, an outlaw late model win? My goodness, you had a lot to get through. That's funny you say that. I didn't. I didn't think I had to work. Actually, okay, all right. Um, well, I want to hear what it was like for you behind the wheel, and then I'll break down kind of what I saw from the highlight video. Well, after qualifying, I was not happy with our car. Um, had men at Kalamazoo Speedway all year long, and we'd been struggling to go back to the big tires since we've been on the little tires for so long. Um, had our little tire program really, really good. Braced at Plymouth a couple times this year. And um, to be honestly, we were, we were behind. So uh, we went to work in the shop, me and my dad, my uncle Ron, uh, I can't thank them guys enough. Uh, we went to work and uh, we made sure everything was right. And it just seems like when we get this car, right, we call this car Stella. It seems like when we get this thing, right, it's, it's, anybody could drive it. I, I hate to say that, but it was, it was spot on. And when we started the race, I was pleasantly surprised how well it was. And, uh, we, uh, sailed her to victory. Let's talk about that right there. You start, uh, inside of row number four, rolling off seventh. And, uh, you got some guy leading the field to green that they like to call 12 time. I don't know if you know who that cat is, uh, but you get a chance to run behind him for a little bit and you, you make your way up those positions that you need to those five spots, and then it was a lot of fun to watch this part of the highlight reel. You go to work uh, alongside that 83 machine. Talk about that battle, uh, that that time battling right there with Andy. Yeah, actually, at the start of the race, uh, I was, I mean, long race at Kalamazoo with these tires. You know you got to save some tires. And uh, uh, just kind of was rolling there, and Brian Berger rolled by me on the outside, and I was a little worried because he was going hard, and he was good. I told myself, just let him go and see how it worked out. And then he came back to me pretty quick, and uh, – we had a restart. I got by Matt Frazier there and uh, was going to kind of save some time behind Dad there and found myself actually slowing down more than I wanted to, so I rolled by him on the outside to see what we had there and just rolled by him, and I, the car was really good on the outside. So uh, just kind of set sail and uh, just kept pace from there, kept myself, uh, kept it under control and didn't spin a tire, and that was the key to save some tires there because you never know what's going to happen, and I'll be darn that seven-lap caution didn't come out with seven <laughs> well, to go there. And, I want to get to that, but I want to, before we get there, I want to talk about that restart with your dad because uh, you elect to restart on the inside, and uh, he kind of rolled you there a little bit on that on that restart toward the middle part of the race. He he was rolling pretty good on the outside. Yeah, these, these Madhouse restarts, it's not just about picking what your favorite lane is. I mean, it's like a chess game. I sat there and looked at the scoreboard and saw who was behind me, who was in third, who was in fourth, kind of playing it out. I'm like, man, if I got to pass this guy, these other guys are going to pass this guy too. I figured if I rolled my dad on the outside and Tyler was right behind me, if he stayed with me, he'd get a, a easy lane there. So I picked the bottom and I picked the hard way to do it. I knew dad was going to be better than me on a restart because <laughs> he don't give nobody nothing. I don't care if it's his kid, his grandkid <laughs> or nothing. He ain't going to give you nothing. I don't care what anybody says. He would, you, would, would you expect anything less? Absolutely not. Yeah. 
earned, not given. Um, it's been like that since our whole career. Me and him race each other harder than we race anybody else. And uh, I knew if I just stayed underneath him, the car would come to me. We, we've had a, a long run car ever since we built this car. It's been good on long runs. It just doesn't fire off good on restarts. So knew if I stayed there and got out front, we could go. And then, then back to that seven lap caution again, that's what really got me worried. You know, we, Phil, we, we've talked a lot, you know, me, you, your dad at the racetrack, we, we know how close you guys are. And I've asked you guys a lot of questions over the last couple of years, but I don't know that I've ever asked this one. How do you guys do it where you just, all you're looking at is a number 83 and not seeing it as dad. And how does he look at you at that, you know, that eight machine? Because I can't believe, I mean, as close as you guys race, as hard as you race each other, I, I honestly don't know how you do it where you keep the father son thing out of it. Well, like I said, we, we race each other harder than most people do, which in return makes us better. Um, like I said, earn not given. He's made me a better racer. In return, I think I've helped him a little bit. I mean, some setup stuff wise, we go through, we bounce ideas off each other every week. Me, him, and my uncle Ron, we're like, a, we have a team meeting every week and uh, we race each other hard. There's nothing given there. I, I, I'd move him out of the way for a win. There's no doubt about it. When we shut the helmet on, <laughs> we're, we're on our own team. Let's go. Let's move into that lap seven, lap, you know, seven laps to go. The restart, I believe match or uh, Mark shook and uh, Tyler Roark right there. Um, you had to be on your toes at that point. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably a bigger decision than the first restart. I figured I'd pick the outside because I could control the pace. Uh, if I didn't get a good restart, which I didn't think my car would fire off very good, I could at least kind of squeeze Tyler a little bit. But uh, And I changed the restart up a little bit. We were starting a little bit early all night long, and I waited until the last minute to go and fired off. And I think Tyler maybe spun the tires a little bit because even Brian and Mark got a good restart on him. Almost went three wide down the front stretch. Made it through one and two, and what really surprised me through three and four, Mark Shook rolled the outside of me, and I actually saw him <laughs> to the outside of me. Uh, gave him the lane off four and went into one and didn't see him, so I was shutting the door. So I was going to run the middle of the top to bottom the rest of the race, whatever I had to do there. So it worked out in our favor. Well, that last restart is why I said what I did to start the interview, that have you ever had to work so hard because you had, you know – there for a minute we were going to start calling him mr kalamazoo clash uh you had tyler rorick breathing down your neck you had mark shook right there uh, you know uh, and then alongside you can i just say what a treat the fans got for those final seven laps because three of the absolute best in the business at the front of the field um and and you got as you mentioned mark trying to roll high tyler trying to roll low now granted these race cars are big and wide naturally but did you ever think you had to make an outlaw late model even wider uh, trying to block both of these guys? Uh, nice job by you. Yeah, no, it was, uh, like you said, it, at that point it was more mental strategy than it was actually the race car. I knew my car was good, but when you change your line and change things up, you actually catch yourself slowing down. If I could have just rolled and got back in my rhythm, I would have been all right. Um, but when he rolled the outside of me, it scared me because I knew Tyler was on the bottom, didn't know how good he was. I hadn't seen him all night. Figured he was saving tires like Tyler normally does and comes on at the end of the race. So I basically had to be in defense mode, which caught myself slowing down to protect all the lanes. And I should have just drove my race and did what I did and got me there in the first place. But uh, either way, it worked out for us. And yeah, it was more mentally straining. I, I was over it the rest of the night and it was like a chess game with the best chess player in the world. Phil, so I, th I think what maybe helped you, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong when I was watching that, I think it helped you those last seven laps that they had to battle each other, and that was slowing them down, I think, a little bit. Oh, for sure, yeah. With Tyler still being under mark, not being able to uh, even make a move on the bottom. Actually, the, it's kind of funny. The top was actually better at Kalamazoo. The bottom wasn't very good unless you were super good, and nobody was, I guess, that good to drive underneath and uh, – so they battled a little bit and took the lanes away, and I just had to not spin a tire. That was the key. With these 35s and 45s, you got to keep the tires underneath the whole race. I mean, looking back at race monitor, I ran my fastest lap of the race was a 13.10, and I ran a 13.19 on lap 81. So we had some tire left. We unloaded the cars tonight and actually had a little bit of tire left. We didn't run down to the cord, so uh, we did what we had to do. 
Talk about going to Kalamazoo, uh, because over the last couple of years, we've been talking to you after winning, you know, at Corrigan Oil or, or going, you know, somewhere that's not Kalamazoo Speedway and picking up a win. Uh, talk to me about going back there, biggest, one of the biggest weekends of the year, $12,000, uh, and, and racing with your dad and racing with these big names. And I guess just talk about putting on a really solid outlaw super late model show, because we've all talked about it until we're blue in the face on this show about outlaw late models kind of struggling in Michigan. But when you put on such a rock solid show, like you did on Saturday, you got people watching these highlight reels and, and you know, you're still banking $12,000 just encouraging, I think for the whole division, the whole sport, and, and really for you to get back to Kalamazoo and, and go to victory lane. Yeah. Um, on that, just not, not only the outlaw show, uh, hats off to Kalamazoo Speedway for putting on, the template show and the street stock show. That was, that was a race fan delight. If you didn't like that, you are hooked up wrong, I guess, as Jason Seltzer would say. <laughs> um, and I was a little disappointed in the car count. Some of these guys need to travel some of these races to support these people that are putting on this money. They're, they're not going to have them too long if they don't support them. And some of these guys got that, these outlaw cars, they need to come to these races. I mean, $1,200 start, cover your tire money and then some, um, but it, it was awesome to go back to Kalamazoo. We ain't been there all year. We never tested. I was a little worried going into it. We only made eight lap runs in practice. Didn't know what the car would do, but uh, once again, back to the balance thing. If you if you get a balanced car, I don't care what tire you're on, if it's purple, black, green, or blue. If you get a balanced car and you can do what you need to do, that'll that'll show in the end. Phil, so I, I got to talk to some, about something that um, I know is was, was very important to you. Not that you hadn't won a Kalamazoo clash before, but having Tony LeClaire there after the last couple of years, uh, being able to take a, you know, a victory photo with him, um, that had to have been awfully special for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is way, way more special than the first one. Uh, we got to do our victory lap. And then actually uh, one of our crew guys, Ronnie Caruso, stopped me at the crossover gate and weighed me down to get Ronnie or to get Tony on the car for a, uh, uh, ride back to victory lane and that was i'd almost say the highlight of my career giving that guy a, a ride to victory lane for all he's done for me the sport the outlaw racing i mean he supported dakota carlson mike liberta uh numerous drivers through the years that guy gives his heart and soul into racing and just to give him a win in the clash that was on his bucket list that was awesome and, and and if anybody doesn't know for anybody that doesn't know tony was stuck in canada and couldn't leave and couldn't even come watch you guys right Last year, he didn't watch a race at all. He could not come across the border. This year, he's making up for it. Any any race that he can come watch, he's coming to watch. Him and Mike and Ron come down together. They travel together. They drive seven-plus hours to watch these races. He's just – he's he's a dream car owner. There's nothing to say about it. I mean, that's you can't ask for anything better than Tony LeClaire. He gives you what you want, asks you what you need, and it's 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 phenomenal. Jam-packed show tonight, Phil. Uh, we talked with a couple of different winners so far, and, uh, you know, Rich kind of joked when we got on the phone with you, you're the only one who banked $12,000 this weekend, so congratulations on that. Talk to me about uh, how your season has gone. Recap it a little bit for us and for the fans listening, and uh, then let's talk about what's coming up here toward the second half of the season. Yeah, so far so good. Uh, we've won a couple times at Spartan. Uh, obviously, the Clash uh, had a DNF at the first Plymouth race. Uh, the biggest thing is going back and forth between these big tires and little tires. We haven't done that in a few years. And uh, with the tire manufacturer issues we're having, uh, people are switching back and forth. So that requires a little more work by us as a race team. Um, plan on going to Spartan this Friday or Corgan Oil this Friday um, for their race. Not sure what the rest of the year is going to bring up there, if they're going to switch tires or not. Um, we got a big Wednesday race up there. They haven't announced the tires there yet. The following Saturday back at Plymouth for the third race of the Glen. Grand Slam Series, which they're doing a great job down there and an amazing car count. And then we're going to hit the Dixie uh, Reveal the Hammer Race, Berlin the Hammer Race, and the Hot Shoe Race. And then after that, everything is up in the air, to be honest with you. Phil, um, I love that about you. You guys just go and you race. <laughs> you never know where you're going to see that number eight car unload. And so uh, it's always a lot of fun when you are there. Congratulations, man, on a rock-solid weekend, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me, and appreciate everything you guys do. And, Zach, next up for the Outlaws Super Late Models, this Saturday, July 23rd, the Moran 
Moran Chevrolet, Stan Yee Memorial 150 at the Flat Rock Speedway. Phil won this event back in 2013. Other past champions expected to compete uh, include Justin Schroeder, your 2008 champion, Eric Lee, your 2011 champion, Harold Fair Jr. picked up the win in 2014, and Brian Bergacre, who's won the last three events dating back to 2019. $3,000 goes to the winner with 650 to start the 150-lap contest, along with $5 per lap led, lap money. Uh, there's also a winner's electric $200 fast qualifier bonus, along with several other contingencies. Pits on Saturday uh, at Flat Rock open at 2.30. The front gates and practice starts at 4.30, qualifying at 5.30, with the first green flag going off at 7 p.m. at the Flat Rock Speedway. All right, Rich, uh, time to make up for some lost ground. We have some business to take care of that has needed taken care of for a minute. Uh, shall we take a look at June's Gary Did You Know? We should probably do that seeing it's July, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oops. <laughs> oops. All right, let's get into it, uh, Rich. This was this was a pretty good quiz. Uh, let, let's talk about it and, and get some answers out there. Okay. Question number one. This former Berlin late model driver would be a good fisherman. I, I, I had no idea who this was. Uh, I didn't. I, I No, I wouldn't have got it. I don't know if the I get the joke either. The answer, Jerry Pelican. Because it's close to Pelican? Or is, Pelican? Is that, Pelican, is that how you pronounce well, it? Well, that's what I'm asking you. Probably. <laughs> it's probably Pelican. Uh, it's you probably know, Pelican Gary, has, <laughs> Gary has a sense of humor. I figure there's got to be something there with the uh, good fisherman line. I'm uh, going with Jerry Pelican because I didn't, know, I, didn't know, uh, I didn't know who it was anyway. Shall we look at question number two? Sure, this gentleman was good at taking videos, but he might have been a better driver. I was out. Didn't know. I was out on this one, too, so I don't know. But taking videos gives you the era, right? At least videos were in play. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so the answer was Paul Wiesner. All Paul right. Wiesner, if anybody was listening or had that one. This one right, is question. this one's really cool, this, this, this third question here. Yeah, you would think there, there weren't a whole lot of that have done this, but... Question number three, who was the first woman to win a late model feature at Spartan Speedway? I didn't know, but I love the idea of the question. And I, I'm, I'm going to work on the pronunciation, but I think it's Barb Bowerman is what her name is. That seems like it would be appropriate. Who was the first winner. All right, and this final question, I, you know what? I like this final question. What a cool question. Yeah, so where was BK Speedway located? Uh, and the former BK Speedway is now known as what? Well, if you get what it's known as now, I think you get where it's located. <laughs> would you have known? Would you have known either one of them? No, I wouldn't have known the answer. But it was cool to hear Gary tell the story about it last week. Yeah, it was. And the answer is now it's the Kalamazoo Speedway. Okay, uh, we've reached the end of a massive show here tonight. It's time to take a look ahead, and Rich, uh, you uh, you previewed it a little bit earlier. You got Gary's words on it as well, and uh, now it's time to talk about it. It's coming up this weekend, one of the biggest races of the year at Flat Rock Speedway. Yeah, we talked about the Stan Yee Memorial 150. Um, you know, Zach, it, it, it's like Gary said. You, there are There's always surprises in that race, uh, typically. Um you know, we've had guys go out to the lead and just run out to eight, 10 second leads and they just come right back to the field. Uh, it, it, I think it was, it's been proven several times that you just can't do that, but it, it all depends. We know it's going to be a good car count. We know it'll be, um, at, you know, in the, in the twenties, I guess that's, is that good for an outlaw super late model race? I, I guess I think that's in today's okay, climate, right? you got to take it right. Yeah. And they had, you know, they had more than 20 at the joy fair Memorial 100. So um, I, I expect a few more cars coming for the extra dollars on the line and the lap money. Um, you know, you, you can you can walk out of there if, if you if you play it right. You can walk out of there with, uh, you know, close to four thousand dollars if you have a really, really good day. So we'll have to see. Uh, but Brian Bergacre going for four in a row. Uh, somebody's got to come up with something to, you know, you don't pick against him. 
Until somebody can beat him, I guess, but somebody's <laughs> going to have to do it sooner or later, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing goes on forever, they say. But um, but he's awfully strong. He, you know, Brian. it took Bur- Brian Burgaker a few races to kind of figure out Flat Rock, and now once he's got it figured out, um, boy, he's just been awfully tough there. All right, let's talk about a busy week. We kind of previewed it with Chad Bauer in his interview, but uh, let's buzz through this Wednesday through Saturday it's Hell Tour Week in the state of Michigan. It starts Wednesday with Thunderbird Raceway, $5,000 to win. Late models, $1,500 to win. UMP Modifieds. Gates open at 4 o'clock, racing at 6.30 on Wednesday night. Then Thursday, uh, I probably will make this one. Uh, gates open at 4, racing at 8 at Butler Motor Speedway. Again, 5000 to win for late models, 1500 for Modifieds. And then Friday and Saturday, big money on the line, $10,000 for late models, and uh, that's for both nights. Gates at 4, racing at 7 p.m. from Tri-City, and 6.30 p.m. from Merritt Speedway, Rich, as the Hell Tour comes to town. You know, I thought about uh, I, th- I thought about going to catch a couple of these races, and then I looked at the weather, and it said 88 to 92. Dirt Vision just may be my friend for all four of these events. You know, Rich... Well, I'm going to miss Saturdays either way. but If you uh, matriculate down to uh, Butler Motor Speedway, I, I, I know where there might be a guest bedroom, and, you know, the the, the Bud Light might be on me. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. That's the one I was going to start with the week with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I still may do that. It's not out of the question. We'll, we'll have to I talk more off that. the air. Rich, yeah. uh, what a busy show. Uh, I want to say congratulations. Again, all three of these gentlemen that we had on tonight, we consider friends. Uh, so congratulations to Chad Bauer, to Andrew Scheid. Again, caps off to him. Really proud of that young man. And Phil Bozell for going to victory lane in the Kalamazoo Clash. Uh, what a nice job by them and all the winners from last weekend, the ones that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Congratulations to you as well from all of us here at Horsepower Happenings. That's going to do it for tonight's massive show. Look for us on the road this week. A couple of Hell Tour dates and uh, a couple of other things going on this weekend, including the Stan Yee at Flat Rock Speedway. For Rich France, my co-host who does 98% of all the work, uh, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.